We spoke about the Pshat of Torah, or the Paradise, we spoke about the level of Pshat, and how it relates to the world of Maisa, how it relates to the Limud of Halacha, and how therefore if we're looking for an understanding in mitzvahs, mid-time, the, the, the Pshat of Torah, we're really looking to see that the effect it has here. There's a second Chalak of Torah, which is called the Drash of Torah, and like we said, drash doesn't mean dra- giving drushes. Right. It comes to the word to be derish. Mashim derish mimcha. Rakosh Baruch wants from you. And therefore, there is another chelik of Torah, which is the expectation Hashem has from the person. And the drash of Torah is mitzad, the, just like Torah provi- provides a root map for a person to grow. So in everything in Torah, that's a person can find What's it teaching him? What's he meant to learn from it? Or has he meant to grow from it? If you want to call it Teresa Musa, Teresa Avoid, I don't know, but they're both probably accurate names. As opposed to the world of halacha, which is exactly what you have to do with whatever object it is, so now it's exactly the person. What can the person grow from this? Why is it connected to Shmir? We said Ishan is connected to one of the four senses, Drush is connected to Shmir. So the Vilna God says in Mishleh that we know that the word Shmir can mean to listen. And we know the word Shmir can mean to accept. To accept. Like it says, Hashem says the classical, Mishamur Tishmu Bakoyli. It doesn't mean you can listen to Hashem said. Hashem said to this, okay, I heard him. That's not good enough. Shamur means you're going to accept what Hashem says to do. Which means there's a certain level of Shmir that a person is willing to accept what is what he's being told. Uh, that's in the quote of Drash. On the Pasuk and Mishnah, it started from Shema Bani Musa Ravicha. So, the, the focus of the Pasuk is on the Shema. Shema Musa which means not, this is what he says, and fine, he said that. Give a couple of what he said. Because it, what's going to change a person, what's going to develop a person, is the ability to be makabal, so to speak, uh, from Avicha, but it means anybody who he sees as someone who can teach him, or someone in authority who sees prepared to makabal, that's how he's going to grow. So that's the kind of Shmir. The, the, how a person is going to change is how a person is makabal from whoever he respects and giving him direction to change. And if that's the case, if you're talking about this, the drush of Torah or what the Torah is derish from a person, so then there's another chaylak of understanding Tanya and mitzvahs, and that is what's it doing for the person doing the mitzvah. In other words, how does this develop in the person? So it's besides for the effect we see that we can explain in the world what it does, and uh, there's a second according here, what it does for the person who's doing it. In other words, how does it develop him? Uh, really, just to clarify things, I'm going to take one random mitzvah as an example to explain both studies. Right? There's a mitzvah in the Torah of not to shecht the mother and the child's animal on the same day. What's the reason for the mitzvah? Okay, so one reason, wrote Nushayni, the Kodesh Brochot doesn't want Tashchasa Samin. HaKadosh Baruch doesn't want extinction of various species. So if I can shift wholesale, right, everything, whole herd, take it all out of one go, I can destroy a species. But if I can never shift every, the whole family unit in one day, so I'll choose, I'll shift the mother, I'll shift the baby, or the calf, whatever it's going to be, I'll, I'll never come to mash just the whole species. Now we can develop it because that itself isn't a full reason, but at least the, the, what I want to bring it now is that the direction 
of the reason is something in this world. If the point of the reason was to claim the bria. Okay, that would be the pshat. And we have to work with the, with the parameters of the halakh of the mitzvah, but then we're looking for a reason based on the ramifications on the action of the mitzvah will entail, or that will entail. That would be a pshat based reason. On that same mitzvah of Oasis Malafishkul Mehachod, they were showing to give a different reason. And they say that because Ba'atsam, uh, a person who is shafts, Ba'atsam is uh, developing within himself a certain bit of sachzaris. Even though it's mutzah, even though it's a mitzvah, whatever it is, but to kill things is a certain bit of sachzaris. And therefore, to balance that, there has to be a certain hakpol and racham. And uh, to kill the mother and the child on the same day is a certain. Is, also Aghazari, and therefore that the person shows that, is that he won't do that uh, means even though he's an antic chef, but he, he wants to maintain a, a certain compassion, a certain feeling for Rachamim, which is uh, why it's also to chef both together. Now, again, I'm just saying we kids, so we can explain the reason better, but that's a mahalach of a reason which is explaining the effect on the person. We're not talking about the wealth of the animal, we're talking about the nafkamina to the person doing it. That's what I call drash, which means the Torah is developing the person. And if we want to learn a meaning from, we're to learn from this, is we're going to learn that the Torah is, uh, so to speak, uh, focus on the compassion that a person has to have. Why can't this also be the pshat? I, mean, I always understood drash that's teaching you something is when it connected the pasha pshat, well, the mice, so you can take out something for yourself, that's the drash. Well, this could also be pshat. Why is this the pshat? If you're interpreting drash as something which isn't a simple meaning, then you're right. That's not how I explain drash. Drash means Rashim is buried from the person. In other words, the lesson to learn from it, uh, for the, the person can, well, what, what, how it's going to develop the person, how the person is going to get from it. If I automatically jump to something which is a lesson to the person, that's, right? you, that's the world of drash. And I don't have pshat. Not drash, as opposed to that yeah, could yeah, actually be buried something which isn't a pshat. In, in the pasuk, we're talking about the Torah. Learning the Torah in the sense that it's, the Torah is setting an expectation for the person, or providing a growth path for the person. Let's say ben- something which is ben- it must be that there's also some practical benefit beyond what it teaches the people. Of course, in any ben- mitzvah, you have the benefit for the person I'm doing the mitzvah for. That's the pshat, and the benefit for the person who's doing the mitzvah. Take a shavas right? A shavas is a, who's the Torah talking to? So it's pasuk. For the person doing the mitzvah, it's developing him. Right? We have to explain how. Okay, that's for, that's for sure. For the person who lost the object, of course, it's a Torah Sabriya. That people don't lose their things, which they, and that we have to give them back. So you have a chat in the Jewish, both in the, in the same mitzvah and different, looking from different sides. Expectation for the person is something that you should grow. That's the same thing. The Torah's expectation that you grow. It's giving you the mitzvah. Expectation that you don't grow. Hashem expects it of you. Hashem expects it of you to return something to It's even. Even if it could be that you wouldn't grow from it. No, they go together. I'm sure that Hashem made it that it does. So that's, the, that's, that's, that's the world of Drash. The point of it is that you should grow? Or just uh, Hashem's expectation is you should grow, and the mitzvahs are different stages to help us grow. And, and on each of the four levels of mitzvahs, so I'll show you from the first Gemara, which is exactly what it says. On this level, the Gemara says, The only mitzvahs are given to Kaisal was the tariff to refine. Like you would tariff metal, you perfect it, you purify it. So the reason the mitzvahs are given, the Gemara says, was the tariff of Sabrius, which means to, to perfect people. And that's Ayla Madrash, which means where Kodesh Baruch wants the person to get to, and the mitzvahs are given to him to get there, to achieve for that perfection. That's the second one. Let's go to the third one. Maybe the one which is a little bit more difficult to explain. 
Remes. What's the remes? So, <coughs> let's first talk about, introduce it by discussing the sense that remes corresponds to, which is the chosheref. Just because, just because you didn't explain it. So the remes really first. There's no difference. You can do any order you want. I'm just going to order how you have to explain. Okay, so the remes is connected to the the chush of smell. Now let's, let's define for a second the chush of smell. As opposed to the sense of sight, this is used as a comparison. When a person sees something, so the object which you're seeing is, I mean, you can focus on that, that's what you're looking at. When a person smells something, Lav Dafka is aware of where the source of the reich is. It's just a physical material. The whatever the is causing the, the smell, whatever it is, moves around. So I can smell it, but I don't know where it's coming from. If I can smell someone's cooking, I can't see them the oven right now. But the, the smell left. So I can smell it here. I don't know where it where it's where it's sourced from. It doesn't make a difference. I can still smell the smell, right? So the chosherech tells me about the existence of something without identifying exactly where it is. Like I said, by definition, not every sense works like, works like this. Sight for sure doesn't. The whole mysterious of seeing something means I can see the object I'm seeing. Uh, I can't see too much without knowing where it is. Same thing goes for taste. We'll talk about taste separately, but it's, uh, uh, the item I'm tasting is here, not somewhere else. It's an interesting thing. I know something exists, I don't know where it is. I just know that it's there. Now. How do we categorize sound? It could be either. It could be either. Now, the <coughs> the Muslim of Rem is in the Torah. Chazal Torah, it's a Midrash. And that is, nothing happens in the world unless it's written in the Torah. When we say that the Torah was the blueprint which Hashem used to create the world, it doesn't just mean my gracious. And that was the, the source, so to speak, of how Hashem created the world. But every single incident which happens to every single individual in the world is written in the Torah also. And uh, we, we, uh, so the impression is that. That's the impression. The Midrashim. But we have Rishonim, like the Ramban, who wrote this clearly. We have Rishonim, like the Vilnagon, who uh, invited people to challenge him on it. And he said, you find anything they want in the Torah, because everything's written in the Torah. Everything, every incident, every, every, every human being, whatever happens in the world is written in the Torah. The only question is, where? Where? Where do you find it? That's what we call the remnants of the Torah. That's what we call the remnants of the Torah. There's the shat of the Torah, the drush of the Torah, which is clear. The Torah is telling you exactly what it wants. But the Torah, in the Torah, is also described everything which is going to happen to every single individual. Just that it wasn't written clearly. So we know it's there. And uh, the, the limit of understanding the remez is where to find where the Torah is mentioning or describing or discussing other things. For example, first, you have to find the, the remez. That's why we call it the reich. We know it's there. And the question is just you know, to, find, to find it inside. Where is this written Torah? Where everything is written Torah? You have to find the place for it. Which Mepharshim do this? Uh, you find by the terms like this, you find even Chazals, which, um, which bring you in the Torah, or Maz in the Torah, or Shetavis in the Torah, or Gematris in the Torah, or any of the other ways that they can of producing things from the Torah. 
There's a very interesting chidah in the, he wrote a sefer called Midbar Kadamus. And he writes in the sefer like this. He writes that the uh, Gemara says in Shabbos, in the beginning of Perikol Kisvei, as far as I remember, on the Pasuk Chatzva and Modera Shiva. On that Pasuk, the Chazal say, according to Rebbe, that there's seven Svarim in the Torah. We used to talk about Chamesha Chamesha Torah. On that Pasuk, the Gemara brings a man down, a Rebbe. The Rebbe says, there's seven Svarim in the Torah. What are the seven Svarim in the Torah? So he says, Parashis, Shmois, Ayyukna, Amidbar, until Vahibim Seharon. Then, two Pesukim Vahibim Seharon is a Sefer Bifne Atzmai. The rest of Amid Bar and Bar. So you seven Svar. Okay. Why Amid Bar is broken into three? Um, fine, we can discuss that. But well, that's not what I'm talking about right now. What I want to talk about is the Chidah. Like I said, the Chidah, they write, he says that Laasid Lavoy, the Sefer of Ahib bin Aaron will be the longest Sefer in the Torah. The Sefer of the two Pesukim of Ahib bin Sayyid Aaron, Laasid Lavoy will be the longest Sefer in the Torah. What does it mean? It's only two Pesukim. What's going to make it the longest Sefer in the Torah? So, the way I heard, the Chidah doesn't say more than that, but the way I catch the matzah from my Rabbi, my Shapir is a friend of Rabbi, the way he explained it was like this. He said, what's the passion of Ibn Sa'aran? It says, Ibn Sa'aran, when the Aran traveled, so Moshe said, Kum Hashem, v'yafut se'evech, v'yusmus se'evechum panech. The entire journey of Klai Yisrael is the Ibn Sa'aran. Wherever Klai Yisrael went, that's where, that's where Klai Yisrael go, that carries within the, the, the Shrina, and the Mahalach of Kum Hashem, v'yafut se'evechum, applies to every Klai Yisrael went. Which means, every incident which happened to Klai Yisrael, wherever they traveled, from the Midbar until eventually, when we come back to Tal Mashiach, is there. That's the Mahalach of Klai Yisrael traveling in Godless. That's the Mahalach of what happened to us and Hashem dealt with us. That's the Kum Hashem that looked after us in Godless. So, the Torah just gives us the, the principle. When Klai Yisrael travel, Hashem is there to chase with the enemies. And eventually bring us back and settle us back in Israel. Now, the entire history is all fits into that it all fits into that safer. The same everything which happens to Klai Israel is part of our even Sayyid, is what happened with Klai Israel travel. Which means, again, I don't know if it means Murum is not possible, but there's a Torah of everything which happens to Klai Israel, it's all written in the Torah. This hasn't been explained. And when we see that, so we matter, we'll we'll see that that that, that chalik of Torah <coughs> Of how the Torah is describing everything which happens to Klai Israel hasn't been revealed to us yet. But it's there, it's written. It's just marumas. That's what you call the Ramas of Torah. That's what you call the Ramas of Torah. Can one learn that? Maybe to look at, to learn ahead what's going to happen, a person has to be a Navi. The Midrash says, Hashem wasn't, didn't Megale in advance what the Torah says is going to happen because other people will know the future. Right? But, it's, but in hindsight, then you can look for it. And that's like I said, we look. We have a number of questions that the job was to look to find uh, an illusion to what's going to happen later what it says in the Torah. Once they know what happened, now we can look backwards and see where the Torah talks about it. If, if that's a valid way of looking for a Muslim, maybe. Maybe. We don't have a best medrash to teach us how to learn Ramas. We just know it's there. Like I said, when the when the God said it, anything you want, you'll find in the Torah. And he gave examples. Right? How did he how did he come to it? I don't know. But the uh, Ramban, it's a public that he can find. Everything which is written, was they have the world is written by Shazino. And the examples of things he showed people. But okay, how did he come to it? I don't know. 
the question is, what, what are they helping? But, okay, well, it doesn't make a difference. Whether we know the, the, the way to access it or not, we know it's, that's a cloud from Chazal, that nothing happens in the world which isn't the in the Torah. But like I said, that's the remez. The remez that's there, it just, we can't always see where it is. We know it's there, we have the way to find it. It's the by itself, like I said, the Chidah says, in another place, that will be the limit lasted over. How we'll say every single thing which happened to us, fine, we'll see where the Torah is all written. Okay, could be. What's it going to do with, with the khayr we're talking about now, which is Asiyah Samitzvah? We don't know this for every mitzvah, but there are times when that's for Chazal tell us that the Torah, when it gives us a mitzvah, is Bimiramis to something which is going to happen in the future. Right? And that's it. Imagine, even for the time of the Torah, the Torah gave the mitzvah, but it was based on of something later on, which the mitzvah Bimiramis did. If you want an example for this, first example, we find both by Adam and Rishon, according to one opinion, Avram Ravina for sure, that Yaakov Avinu, that they're bringing Korban Pesach. On the 14th of the they brought the Korban Pesach. What is the significance of Korban Pesach then? Klaishah hadn't yet come out of Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim hadn't yet went to him on the map by the time of Avram Ravina, of Adam Rishon. So what was the idea of bringing the Korban Pesach? Ella what? Like Nebuch Chaim explains, why did the Avos do the Torah? Because they understood Nishmael, what needed to be done. However, they understood that, there were different explanations. But then they stood up in Ruchnius, in the book, what needed to be done, they did it. Now, if you're going to understand that the reason for Korban Pesach, like the Torah says, was as a way for Kaisal to come out of Mitzrayim, it's, it's kind of a mitzvah which isn't yet practical. It's a mitzvah which isn't yet practical. The, the reason for the mitzvah hasn't happened yet. Right? Except, that doesn't make a difference. The mitzvah is a mitzvah. Right? That's what we call a remus. In other words, even if the reason for which the Torah gives the mitzvah is something which will only happen later, it doesn't mean it's not a mitzvah. It's, I'm doing something based on that needs to be done and HaKadosh Baruch explanation for it is an event which happens later that doesn't mean it's the only explanation that's just one explanation right when we're going to blame we call the ideas the mitzvahs are based on occurrences or based on time or based on events I'm not going to keep them also the event hadn't happened but the Nukoda is that's just one facet of the mitzvah which is connected what happened in the brief so the Torah is mirage the Torah up front discusses all Torah mitzvahs Yes, some of them are totally other things which haven't happened yet. That's just one facet. That's the, that's the remes. Which means something's going to happen which will explain one reason or one part of the reason of why we're doing this mitzvah. The other reasons are there as well. The other chalak and the mitzvah there too. Fine. So that's for those mitzvahs where we know, then we'll say what we know about it, what the remes of the mitzvah is. Fine. The last point. What's the size? <coughs> so, really, there's a question inside. If you want to talk about the Chalik and Nistar of Torah, so you can call it Nistar, you can call it Kabbalah, because it means something has to be received from someone else. Why is it called the story? The story means a secret. Why is it a secret? If we, have, if we make a Chabur to learn the Zayar or Ariza or whatever it is, it's not a secret, we're discussing it. And if someone's learning part of the Chabur, so then if he's learning the Halakhashi, it's also a secret, and he wasn't there to hear what was said. And what, what, what's the get there which makes learning Kabbalah secret? What's secret about it? Right, so you could say because we don't teach it for Rabbi, but there's much more to it than that. There's much more to it than that. And there's the Yisraeli which needs to be understood. And it's the best in the, the mission says in Chagiga. The mission is the second paragraph of Chagiga, the first mission, it talks about teaching what we call Sisra Torah, Maise Merkava or Maise Bereshis, whatever it is, it's like Sisra Torah. So the mission says that ain't Darshan. You can't teach somebody else Sisra Torah. Not even one person. You can't teach. You can't teach. So how are you meant to transfer the information? Ella, 
for a Talmud who is a Chacham enough to be maybe in Me'atzmoy, Somebody is on the level, he can stand on his own, so I can Megadar Rosh Prakim. I can Megadar Rosh Prakim, which means I can show him something, and based on what I've shown him, he can understand on his own. And the obvious side is, why leave it to confusion? If you're really going to teach, teach 100% clearly. And make it so borrowed the other person extends exactly what you say. Why should I go to this Mahalach of being Megadar Rosh Prakim, and he has to try working on his own? If I'm ready for someone who's ready to teach, teach it properly. <coughs> the answer to this, and this is for the Olam who's thinking about what Kabbalah means, I think about learning Kabbalah, this is an important point to understand also. The answer is like this, and that is, it's not possible. It's not possible. And the reason for that is, because the, man, or the way the human mind works, is it works with a frame of reference that a person knows about. And I've always said this lots and lots of times in Shirim, this is an important point to understand. The way your mind works is there certain things you know, and you can, com- now based on your frame of reference, what you know about, so now I can compare this to something else I know about. Well, because I know that, so now I can use that fact to explain this to me. But I have to have a starting point. Right? And in anything that a person doesn't have the starting point, there's no way in the world to explain. It's impossible. He doesn't know where you're coming from. And I'll give you three parts of Mishalim. Think about it for a second. Examples. And you'll see that I'm right. Imagine you're trying to explain to somebody who's colorblind. The color red. Try. What are you going to say? It's a rich color. It's a dark color. A strong guy, what are you going to say? Try to explain red. So you're going to say, well, what's red? It looks like an apple, a tomato. Uh, he can't see colors, it doesn't mean anything to him. Try to explain the color. Something as basic to us as the color red. You'll see, or any other color, I'll just shows you as an example. Right? You'll see yourself, you have no way to do it. Unless the person's seen the color red, he knows what you're talking about. There's no way in the world to explain to him what it means. It's impossible. Now, once you know what red means, now we can start playing around with red. I'm saying it's a rich red, it's a dark red, it's a scarlet, it's a maroon, it's a, a burgundy. We can play around with it because now what I know what you're talking about, now I can, I can understand what you mean. You make it a bit dark, you make it a bit lighter, you add red, you add yellow, you add green. You can make combinations. But I have to have a starting point. If I never saw red, there would be no way in the world to explain it to you. And the same thing applies for any sense. If I was trying to explain to you, you know, I, I just went to the store and I bought uh, chocolate ice cream. And you told me, really, what does it taste like? I've never tasted chocolate ice cream. Okay, I'll try to explain. Mm, sweet, sticky. What am I going to say? Any taste in the world, it's exactly the same thing. If you haven't experienced the taste, there's no way in the world to describe it. It's impossible. What does coffee taste like? What does strawberry taste like? It's imp- you're relying on the fact that somebody else knows what you mean because they've experienced it as well. And without that, there's no way to do it. Because the brain works with the reference of what it already knows. If, it, if it's missing a point in the starting point, you'll never be able to explain it. It's, it's just something he doesn't know, he can't relate to. Good. Now that's the case. Let's explain. What's the Oilam Elia? Is the Oilam of, whether it's we're talking about the Oilam of Atilis, or Kodesh Baruch, the Oilam of the Malachim, the Oilam of Scharvainish, whatever it's going to be, but the, the understanding of all of these things is that it's not a physical dimension. It doesn't look at space, and it doesn't look at time, and it doesn't look at physical objects. It works in a non physical realm. So just like the Torah describes the, spirit, the physical world, which is the Torah of Shat, the Torah describes the spiritual world. Every single detail of it. And not only that, every single story in the Torah, which we have, which refers to physical people doing physical things over here, whether it's Yaakov and Lovin, whether it's Rachel and Naya, whether it's Yaakov and Naya, so whatever you want it to be, any story in the Torah, right, in the, that's all in the lens of what happens in the physical world. If you go to the lens of Flash, every story in the Torah is a lesson for the person. 
Look at the carrots of Nezim, look at the carrots of Lover, look at the carrots of Karach, and each one is highlighting to you what not to do, where a bad middle will take you to. And look at the people in the Torah with Sadiqim, and each one highlights to you as strength and where it can bring you to. So we can look at the Torah as historical evidence, which is true, that's the chat. We can look at the Torah as uh, a way for us to learn from everyone the Torah brings down, which is true, that's the drash. We can look at this as a similar for what happens to Kali Yisrael, that everything happens to the obvious, there's there, written there, what's going to happen to Kali Yisrael in the future. Avram went down to Mitzrayim, and we went down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov, uh, ya- Yaakov went to Goddess, Kaisha went to Goddess. Yaakov went to Daisif, we're going to end up with Ram. That's the Remis. Everything which happens to Kaisha is written there too. And now we come to this side. It's also written there. But now it doesn't mean people, it doesn't mean physical things. Now we're talking Ruchnis. There's a level in Ruchnis we call Yaakov, there's a level in Ruchnis we call Leia, or Rachel, or whatever it's going to be. And these are spiritual concepts, and they refer to spiritual things, nothing to do with the Torah's people. It's just rereading the Torah with a different understanding. That's the world of sight. The world of Ruchnis, you understand what happens in Shemaim and everything, based on what the Torah says, is you have to re- re- rename everything in its spiritual meaning. And now comes the big question. How are you meant to understand that? You don't have the starting point. Like we said before, a person can relate to things he understands. If a person has no experience, how do you meant to understand that? So the answer is, and the only way to do it, is to use a marshal. I'm going to give you the marshal from the physical world, so you can relate to the marshal. Now you have to think about it and understand that this is just a marshal for a concept which you can try and understand. But there's no way to transfer the concept. I can only transfer the marshal. And now if you understand that, then you have to think yourself that this you have to make this into something abstract and try and understand the concept in a reference level, which is always said, you can have a Rashi Prakim. You can have a Rashi Prakim, which means I can give you an example. You have to now develop that, or he's trying to develop that, maybe Medaitoi, that this is a spiritual thing we're talking about, which you have to understand in that sense. Which the Vilna God writes, Kol Kisve Arizal is one big mashal. It's impossible. You can't talk about Rukhnis. So he gives a mashal. Another human being, as Surah Adam and all the Paraksutim work in the Mahalach of Fine, it's a mashal. The whole thing is a mashal. Oh, sorry? It's a Roshay Brakim. Right? And we go based on that, a person should try to be Mavin, the Nimsha. And now, if you understand this, Rabbi, I understand something very deep. Out of all the senses, every other sense is sourced outside the body. You can all turn it by look at the same thing. Because it's something outside, you're all seeing the same thing. You can all hear the same sound. You can all smell the same smell. The one sense which you can't share with somebody else's taste. Because the possibility to taste something is only internal. It's only when I put it into my mouth that I can taste it. We can't share a taste. Even if we both took the same kind of food, I took a slice of cake and you took a slice of cake, we're tasting separately. It's not we're sharing a taste. We're each tasting things separately. As opposed to if you're all looking at the same thing, it's best we're seeing at the same thing. The Musag of Kabbalah is the khalik which a person has to understand on his own. On his own. You can explain the marshal, but the way that it's understood will always be a personal journey because there's no way to explain that. I can explain you the marshal, but you have to, you have to, in the way you understand it, is the way you're going to relate to it. So Mimela is something which is always a soid. Because the way I understand it is nothing, it's not shaykh to teach. I can teach the marshal, but you're going to understand the marshal differently. So the Muslim of Soyd is something which by definition is a secret. There's no way to say it. The only way I can say is give you the, the marshal which hopefully you'll understand. But that's, that's as far as you go, which is why it's time. Time is something which is, has to be internal. You can't, like I said, you can't share a time. It's the way it's at this. This is called time eternal. Even the Khalik of Kabbalah where it's muttah to share, they said it's negated time eternal, but it's in the gate of time eternal. Which means the understanding of what I'm saying is unique to me, and the way you're hearing it, and you'll understand, is unique to you. Because it has to come from the way that 
you're processing something which isn't visible to everybody. It's the way that you understand it. Able to say about um, he didn't understand the nimshal. He understood it differently than him. Rukhan never said he didn't understand the nimshal. He's not sure where he's watching. He says he's not sure that he, he says he says about Rukhan Vital. He says that he he sees one time Rukhan Vital that he's megale that he that he, he's everything he's writing is a marshal. No, but he's saying, <coughs> he's saying he's not sure. You understand. This chaylek of Torah for sure has time Torah. This chaylek of Torah for sure has its own timing. And that is the effect we have in Shemaim. Like we said, the Zara is the Shara Yechudim, the Shara Psukim, the Shara Kavan. This is a whole, this is a whole world of what the mitzvahs we're doing. The effect on Shemaim. That's a different chelik in the understanding mitzvahs. It's the time of the mitzvahs, which means the spiritual effect of the mitzvahs is connected to the Torah of Sight. Okay, so let's, let's sum up what we wanted to see. Like we said, we're going to talk about time and mitzvahs very much, but you have to understand time and mitzvahs work in one of four dimensions. The inner time in which we have the mitzvah affects the physical world we live in. That's what we call the chat of the mitzvah. The time of the mitzvah which relates to how it develops the person or how he grows from it. It's the drush of the mitzvah. The time of the mitzvah because it's relating to events which are going to happen or have happened and therefore it's connected to the event that's the remnants of the mitzvah. And then there's the time of the mitzvah how it changes things or makes things happen in Shemaim. That's the side of the mitzvah. We don't know everything, but as much as we can find in the written in this forum, we're trying with every mitzvah we present to focus on each different aspect and see how the obviously there's much more, but how in every mitzvah there's so many different layers of meaning which we can which can add to our appreciation of the of the mitzvahs.